Welcome to Cap Chat. I'm your host, John Honaker, and here's my other host, Mary Claire Conkle. This is the show that connects you to the faces, voices, and stories of Cap Fam. We help you tap into Cap Fam, the network of thousands working together to help each other succeed. And we're we're actually with our our Cap Fam right now. Two wonderful guests. We have Drew and Morgan. Hello. True, you didn't say anything. Hey, everybody. I, I'm introducing you <laughs> oh, to right Cat now? Fam. Right now. Hey, I didn't realize that We're was happening. Live right now. We are live. I want to know about each of you. I'm so interested. I'm I'm all ears. I want to hear what you guys do, how you do it, you know, the students that you're involved with. Let's, let's hear it. Cool. Great. So my name is Morgan Walker. I am a senior and the president of Embrace Ministries on campus. So that is our university-sponsored campus ministry organization, working closely with Drew and Mary Claire, actually. Oh, wow. Um, So it's more of an ecumenical style. That's a big word, maybe for a pastor to define. Pastor Drew, would you like to tell us what ecumenical is? Sure. This this is really why I'm here for definitions. So (laughs) ecumenical is a word that means multiple groups of Christians or denominations of Christians. So if you have Lutherans and Catholics, and mm-hmm. Baptist and non-denominational folk all together. That's an ecumenical gathering. And by the way, that's different than an interfaith gathering because that would be groups of Christians and Muslims and agnostic folks and Buddhists hanging out. So interfaith is not the same thing as mm-hmm. being ecumenical. Just a bit of learning for yeah. our Cap Chat today. Wow, that is, I'm learning so much. I want to use these big words when I get home. I'm Ooh, so... Yeah. So educated. <laughs> uh, so that actually brings up a great point. Uh, Capital University was founded as a Lutheran school, I believe. Absolutely, and still retains an active relationship with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Okay, so with that relationship, uh, I'm sure you know there's um, a lot of dynamics of, of the Lutheran faith with that. But let's say I am a student of a different faith. I'm a Muslim student uh, or any other practicing religion first year is capital really the right choice for me? So I think so. One of the exciting things for me (laughs) is that my job is not just to serve the Lutheran students or just the Christian students, but it's my job to make sure that the spiritual needs of all of our students, faculty, and staff are being met. So we have two interfaith prayer spaces that are available. We have an active interfaith council made up of students, faculty, and staff. We currently have Buddhists, Hindus, Muslim Jewish, Christian, spiritual but not religious, and Jain representation on this council. So we have all sorts of different religions that are gathering together to try to promote health and wellness for spiritual life, right? So the idea is that spirituality, excuse me, spirituality is a part of your, it's it's really (laughs) what I do, (laughs) is a part of your wellness. And so even though the Lutheran tradition founded us, it's in fact that the ELCA, that denomination that we still have a relationship with, values the spiritual traditions of all folks. And so Mm -hmm. part of my job is to make sure that even if I'm not the right person to help one of our Muslim students have religious or spiritual counseling that I can connect them with an imam who can engage with them. And that's part of my role here as university pastor. Yeah. And I would say from a student perspective as well, there's lots of opportunities at Capitol in religious organizations and beyond to learn from each other. Hmm. Um, So it's not just these groups that are separated, like here are the Jewish students and here are the Christian students, but we're really working together to 
talk about similarities and differences to hear about each other's experiences and use it really as a learning experience as well. Yeah, because you know what happens? You graduate, you get a job, you have coworkers. Mm-hmm. It's usually not a coworkers of all your like same faith-based exactly. people. Yes, for sure. And that would be terrible for you to say, well, this is my first interaction with how do I behave? Mm-hmm. So this is a great opportunity. It really is. Mm-hmm. So I have a question. When it comes to so a school that might not be of an, a religious affiliation or a state school where that isn't a thing, so they would they have a university pastor? Would they have something in place through the actual university itself to focus on interfaith and that kind of thing? Or is that all completely separate? Is that kind of uniquely a capital presence or found a lot of places. Right. So capital walks a third way between a lot of institutions that you might know of. So hmm. state schools are going to be very traditionally non-engaged in promoting spirituality. They will allow it and they'll allow outside student organizations or outside organizations to be a part of that life. So you might have a Hillel group for Jewish students, which Ohio State does, for instance, a very large one. You might have a Lutheran campus ministry, which Ohio State has. But Ohio State's not going to hire a Lutheran pastor or a rabbi. That's not the approach. Similarly, though, capital is not going to require you to be a part of any spiritual or religious formation. Hmm. They're going to require you to learn some things about cultural pluralism, which includes religion and spirituality, but it also includes ethnic and racial and global awareness, all sorts of different kinds of things. So we're not that kind of place that's going to make you show up in chapel and we're going to check off that you attended three days a week. Instead, we're walking this middle way of saying we believe it's important to hire someone to ensure that all the spiritual needs we have can be met. But we're not going to force anyone to buy into a particular way of being spiritual. So that begs the question, maybe I'm an incoming student and I don't have a spiritual quote unquote background. Uh, we're, we're talking about things that are called spiritual needs mm-hmm. or spiritual health. Maybe that's foreign to me. Maybe I, uh, I, you know, there's a lot of homes or, or family upbringings where this was my upbringing. And so this is what my parents believed. And now I'm in college and there's a lot of questions. Um, so what are spiritual needs? What, what do they look like? That's a deep question. What is life? Welcome to Capchat. That's right. These are the hard-hitting questions that we're asking. So what I would say a spiritual need is, is something that is not immediately tangible or achieved by a tangible experience. So hunger is not necessarily an immediate spiritual need. Relationships are not necessarily an immediate spiritual need, but there are some things that when we in our bodies feel uncomfortable, feel that food is not really solving the issues of yearning that I'm feeling, that that relationships are not solving the, the lack of reassurance or value that I'm feeling, that spirituality is one of the ways that we can provide that reassurance. Hmm. Now, that might come along with a belief set. It might come along with a practice. So one of the things that we do on campus that I love is an interfaith meditation. So every week on Tuesday at four o'clock, I and one of our Buddhist professors will together lead jointly a meditation opportunity. 
that is for people of all religious traditions and no religious tradition. Wow. And that's one of the things that we can provide in the same way that yoga provides a kind of spirituality for people who are deeply invested in the Hindu faith and also for people that don't have a faith practice but find that activating that their body in that way is not just physically rejuvenating but spiritually invigorating. So let's say I'm, I'm open to those experiences and I'm like, uh, uh, okay, yoga, I've heard of yoga. Okay. Point for yoga. Um, many points, but for there's, <laughs> there's going to be like a follow-up, right? Like I have to commit to something and participating with all these things, right? Like it's like super, I don't know. I'm just playing advocate <laughs> right now. No, that's fair. No, I think, one of the things that you will find most of all as you're exploring these things on campus, you're going to be engaged in multiple communities and okay. you're going to find, we talk a lot about cat fam, obviously with cap chat, it's their first introduction to the cat fam and you're going to find the cat fam in those places, wow. maybe in the places you least expect it. And so it's going to give you an opportunity again, to learn, to talk with people, um, to explore, a lot of different areas and maybe you find your niche, maybe you find multiple, um, but you're going to have right. that, that space to explore. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I'm not into forcing spirituality. Yeah, I am no. not a believer that any kind of demanded participation actually deepens mm -hmm. the faith of adults. Yeah. Right. I think there is a, there's an important part in the formation of children that you open them to opportunities of spirituality, just as you open them to opportunities of education. Right. But at this point in your life, as an 18-year-old discerning if capital is the right place for you, I will never be telling you that you'd have to show up at capital worship or have to show up at interfaith meditation. I will let you know that those are opportunities that might be helpful for you in certain ways and that I would love to see you there. And that if you don't want to be there, I'd still have to grab a cup of coffee with you just to get to know you better. That's mm -hmm. the kind of approach that we have here is making sure that spirituality has both group participation opportunities mm -hmm. as well as relationship, individualized relationship opportunities. Wow. I'm down for that coffee. Come on. So, anytime. Yeah. Here's my it's, it's for alumni too. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys hear that? <laughs> so what are some of those organizations that are offered that people can participate in? I know, Morgan, you hinted at kind of the idea that you can take part in multiple. And I know mm. personally, I have friends that you are also friends with because I mean, I, Morgan kind of talked about how she was president of Embrace Ministries and I'm president elect. So I'm familiar with this world a lot also. And so I know people who are involved in Embrace, but also they're involved in crew. They're also involved in the Catholic student organization. You don't have to choose just mm. one because all of them offer a different connection to your spirituality, different avenues. And that's the beauty, I think, of having a lot of things. So. Yeah. And I think that makes for a richer community. Mm -hmm. I think I would be very bored in a community where everyone thinks exactly the same. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's cool that when we have students and friends that are involved in multiple things that we get to see, wow, what did you do this week? Or what did you explore mm -hmm. and learn this week? Um, and how can we bring that into our space as well or learn from each other in that sense? So I think that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. So we have a number of different organizations yeah. that are on campus. So Embrace is our university-sponsored organization. What mm -hmm. that means is, is it was born out of what used to be called Lutheran Campus Ministry. So again, part of the university's commitment to being an ecumenical organization is that we realize that Lutherans are not the only Christians that should have a voice on campus. And so now 
Mary Claire, who happens to be a Methodist, is the president-elect of this organization. So that is our university-sponsored ministry, but we also have, as we've already mentioned, we have Crew, we have Young Life, we have CCO, we have Catholic Student Organization, we have Jewish Student Association, and we have Catholic, nope, I already said that one, Muslim Student Association? Is that the one that I missed? I think so. Okay, that's yep. the one that I missed. There's a lot. That's right. There's, yeah, a, lot, there's a lot, right? The and that's one of the values. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, for sure. And there's a diverse lot. As Morgan mm-hmm. said, it's an opportunity to hear the different perspectives that people bring, but also it's a diverse lot that's engaged with one another, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a diverse lot that silos ourselves off and only does things on our own. One of the people that you've interviewed earlier in this series has actually been involved in Embrace Ministries, and he's a practicing Hindu. But he right. enjoys being with some of us at the, some of the, t- the events that we host. Mm-hmm. And that's a value, right? That Not yeah. that we force him to be a Christian in order to do these things, but rather that in our performance of our faith, people of other faiths are welcome and celebrated mm-hmm. as well. It's not just a value. It's straight up inspiring. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I mean, you guys are cultivating a community mm-hmm. that is um, really accepting. I, I love that you guys are approaching this in such a time of a student's life where there there's a lot of questions mm. mm-hmm. and you guys it it doesn't sound like you fear questions or anything i think it's a Not community really. that's <laughs> accepting a lot of these mm. questions yeah. and helping guide that journey yeah. yeah so one of the neat things about candlelight our thursday night opportunity for worship it's a mm-hmm. contemporary worship style event mm-hmm. yeah. but One of the things that I realize is that my voice should not be the only voice of wisdom or authority on campus. And so that night, every week, I'll start off with a bit of an introduction and kick off the sermon time. But rather than a sermon time, I get into specific questions. And I ask questions that then the students will break up into small groups, and they become the sermon in their small group. They become the ones that are sharing the wisdom that they have lived, the knowledge that they have lived, the questions that they have brought. And that becomes the shared wisdom that we gather at the end. We kind of shout out, this is the most interesting thing that I heard one of my friends say, or this is something that someone said that really challenged me and I need to think more about. And that's the sermon time. We really think Mm -hmm. this questioning process is not just a value, but necessary if we're going to be engaged in faithful interfaith practice yeah not just relationships but friendships yeah right Mm -hmm. we're real friends so that sounds like a lot of responsibility and emphasis put on pretty young people like that's crazy (laughs) and you guys are just shaking your head yes they're capable i mean yeah but it's it's a space that i feel like students rarely get in other areas it's a necessary space and it's a space where I think I could speak for myself and maybe Mary Claire as well that has given us the freedom to explore ideas that we might not have ever explored if not given the space to do so. so. And I think a lot of times people thrive, connect or words, thirst for connection. Mm-hmm. And so having this space to discuss and, you know, come up with things that might have come up off the top of your head and just start discussing them and bouncing your ideas back and forth. And someone will prompt something that makes you think about something else. And kind of reinforcing the fact that everyone comes to college with a different experience that they've lived and you're living alongside of each other, but you could have totally different perceptions on the world. And having those discussions young when you're in college will set you up for success better in life of just how to interact with people, people who agree with you, people who don't agree with you, and maybe finding commonalities where you thought that there were differences. Mm -hmm. 
And learning how to ask questions. I think too, another thing I really love about the programming that we do is weekly, we have a program called Dinner and Dialogue. And so it Dinner, kind of- candlelight. I'm, right? I'm loving Embrace. this. Yeah. <laughs> Embrace. Yeah. Right? It can be entirely platonic for anyone who wants to participate. <laughs> right, exactly. But in that space, it's really a time where we get together, someone in our community cooks for us, and so we get to share a meal together, and then we get to hear from someone in the community about something they're passionate about. Um, so it takes a lot of the conversations, maybe from Dinner and Dialogue or Capital Worship or some of our other spaces, yeah. and it gives our community an, a time to just say, this is what I'm thinking, or what do you think about this thing, or this is what I have on my mind, or this is a big piece of my identity that I want to share with you. And we give them the space to do that and to discuss it and celebrate all of those pieces of our community. Yeah. So we've had everything from civic engagement last semester during the midterms. One of our first year students decides he wants to take this risk and talk about voting and rise up to the midterm elections okay. and does it in a way that is beautiful and formational for our mm -hmm. community. We had someone teach us origami because it had been a spiritual practice for them as they dealt with mental health and trying to find wellness. Folding we had, paper. Yeah, yeah, folding paper can mm -hmm. be a spiritual practice, right? Whoa. You mentioned that this is a lot of responsibility to lay on Young folks, um, I I believe in it, guys. I'm no, I'm, no. I'm, playing, I'm just asking the questions. I do I, believe you guys are capable. I'm getting ready to brag on them. I'm I'm using that as a launch. Okay, good, good, good. What I'm saying is, I've been a Lutheran campus minister at universities with twelve thousand students, with thirty thousand students. I have had more interactions with students ready for leadership on this campus than any of those campuses. More students that are ready to become leaders in organizations and want to than on any of those other campuses. Why, how, why, why are they here? That's a great question. I think, I don't know why they're here. Mary Claire and Morgan should tell you why they're here. But what I think happens when they get here is that we have programs that don't just give them knowledge, but programs that actually lay on them accountability and expectations and trust and say that we believe you have not just the ability, but the capacity to really grow in the sense of a person that you want to be. Dang. I know. I've had a conversation with my parents recently just about college and the fact that you can come to college and you can just go to your classes and you can get a degree, hang out with your friends a little bit, or you can view college as a place where you can just really sink yourself into the community and figure out how to interact with the world. Like, how do I kind of call it kind of like being an adult in training? So just like how to navigate all of these things that are going to come up in your life when you're in this safe space where there's people to support you and just get the, as much as you can out of the experience. And I think Capital has so many programs and so many different resources to set students up for success <laughs> who are interested in <laughs> having college be that experience for them. Mm -hmm. So you can come to Capitol and you can just go to your classes and then you can graduate. But if you're the kind of person who really wants to get the most that you can out of however many years you end up being here and get involved in things, be successful in your academics and really prep yourself to have a career, have a job, but also be a person and grow, Capitol is a really, really, really good school for that. Mm -hmm. It's a tool set, right? Mm -hmm. It's yeah. whatever you're going to get, whatever you get out of it. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, it's, it sounds like there's a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of 
tools in that toolbox that you guys can use to better these uh, students' lives. I, when you guys are talking, I'm just like, this is so inspirational. Oh my gosh. I'm like looking at our producer. Like mm. as, we need to put some kind of theatrical symphonic music behind whatever you guys are saying. Nice. Here at Capitol. <laughs> we can get, we can get students in the conservatory to do it. Just like an interdisciplinary thing. Yeah, See, go, everything right? can be connected. Work together. And if you're that inspired, I want you to remember that we have some graduate programs available for you as well. Nice. So going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I didn't think it was going to heat up. <laughs> Thought you were the one with fire it's the hard questions. Right questions. We talked about this. For sure. We I like to it. ask the tough questions. That's okay, for sure. uh, can we talk briefly about that? Sure. Graduate yeah. programs. Yeah. I'm yeah. going a little bit off script. What does that look like? People considering, or in my case, not considering going back to school. Sure. <laughs> So one of the fun parts about my work is that I'm also actively engaged with our seminary, which is where students who want to become pastors or deacons or church musicians or youth and family ministers can go and earn a graduate or professional degree. And so in addition to all of the worship services we've mentioned on Wednesdays and Thursday nights, we have morning prayer and Eucharist, which is also known as communion or Lord's Supper services, as well as a creative daily service on Thursday that all of the community is welcome to, but those are led by our graduate and professional students who are planning those every single week. And uh-huh. so for students like Morgan who are considering a seminary, that there is an opportunity for them to see into their future about what that could be. We also have programs in MBA and nursing. We are working on developing other kinds of programs in social work. You know, there's all sorts of different programs. We just got a doctor of nursing practice off the ground, I believe. So there's lots of different programs. And from the religious and spiritual side, a lot of those are adult students who aren't necessarily residential. And so I don't have as much interaction with them on a weekly basis or a daily basis. But what I do find is that I often have engagements with them when they are going through certain life transitions, when they are deciding, do they want to then pursue a job in the Columbus area or do they feel like they should be open to moving elsewhere? And that's when they'll reach out and say, I'm not a Lutheran. I'm not even a Christian, but I want to have a conversation with someone who I know, or I think cares about my future as much as I think I care about my future too. And so how we can do that kind of stuff together. So the programs are there and the spiritual and religious opportunities are there. And all of the worship services, all of the prayer spaces, all of the groups that we've mentioned are open to those students. It's just a different speed of life. And we don't want to, don't want to expect they're going to participate in the same way because we know that they're a different life stage. That's awesome. I want to thank you guys for being guests and giving me some real awesome spiritual (laughs) (laughs) knowledge. Uh, This has been truly a pleasure. Thank you guys for sharing this aspect of college life and university experience. So thank you guys. Uh, This is Cap Chat. Thanks so much. Uh, Make sure to to subscribe and, you know, you get to see more wonderful and hear more wonderful people like this make sure all the social media facebook instagram uh anything that is new and up and coming we're probably on it that's right so look forward to seeing you guys and talking to you guys later thanks great thanks so much